Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Commiserate. I'm Dave. And I'm Sam. And we are here to talk about Ahsoka Episode 3, Time to Fly. We literally just finished watching it. Just finished it. So it's fresh in our minds. But let's see what we can remember that took place thus far. So from what I recall, the episode opened. uh, We picked right back up with Ahsoka and Sabine Mm -hmm. on Ahsoka's ship. And Ahsoka is continuing Sabine's training, and there were a lot of delightful little callbacks to A New Hope. There were a lot of uh, um, uh, moments. Um, just so many moments. <laughs> so many, all of the moments. Um, you know, I, I have to admit, Ahsoka thus far has kind of carried this monotone personality. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you picked up on it. And I, I'm, I'm interest, interested in seeing, because later on in the episode, she starts showing a little bit more emotion. But her, up until this point, it, it's been kind of monotone. And her treatment of Sabine is still kind of, I don't want to say cold, callous, but, but very neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, again, with the callbacks, there was uh, her giving Sabine the helmet. And Sabine basically nearly said verbatim, but I can't see. How am I supposed to fight? And it turns into this nice little training exercise. There, there were a there were there was a very nice moment uh, in reference to like the the time with Obi Wan and Luke on the on the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. the training session. Um, yeah, I thought I was gonna turn into uh, one of those. You know, she doesn't get it in this scene because that would be too convenient. I thought it was going to turn into the trope of, but she gets it in the second scene, so, you know, mission accomplished. But it actually didn't, so the struggle continues. Thankfully, the trope didn't pan out. She didn't pick it up right away. Mm -hmm. I I do feel like this scene went on for a little bit longer than it should have. Like with some Um, of the other scenes. Some with it, because honestly, I was thinking back to um, Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Ahsoka actually went through similar rigorous training with Anakin and the clone troopers of the 501st with uh, the stun guns they they had, you know, and Anakin again, 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 and they would stun her until she was unconscious and then training would commence and as soon as she woke up again and again. Um, in similar fashion, I feel like Ahsoka's kind of training Sabine, you know, the, the, the good old um, classic Anakin route, mm-hmm. uh, trial by fire. Yeah. Um, I did appreciate, too, in uh, the follow-up scene, Sabine makes a really good point. She's like, look, I don't feel the Force. And it kind of clicked in me, clicked with me in that moment. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's why she's not connecting. And so Ahsoka kind of does like a subtle flex of, you know, using the Force to get her coffee cup, whatever. What do you think they were drinking? <laughs> blue uh, milk? Know, I, maybe it was water. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it was blue milk. I would like to think it was something a little stronger, but maybe. But uh, I th- and then they show Sabine uh, a few moments I, later trying to do it herself, and thankfully failing. Yes, I was going to be mad if she um, initially picked up the Force right away, mm-hmm. um, which I think they've done with some other Star Wars characters uh, like Rey, right. which is just such a it's it's poor plot writing really it's 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 poor script writing they call ray a mary sue or there was a i think it was the honest trailer they call her mayor ray sue <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh i think they are starting to veer away from that because we need things to be realistic yeah um, which I, actually i feel like of all the star wars series this is probably the most relatable because it, it feels grounded in like sabine she's just you know she's just a girl you know 
She's not a Force user, and yet she's expected to fight and train and, and be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. That's a tall order, but it's very relatable to us. You know, yeah. I mean, how many of it? And, and I think I think that moment with the cup, uh, when you see it, you're going to envision yourself as a six-year-old or as an, a, an adult, either one. You know, that moment where you try to move the cup and you, you don't. That's... <laughs> I still try that, and I think <laughs> we all do because it, you know, it's it, it's that little bit of inside of us. We all want to be a Jedi, uh, but we do get to see more uh, of a dynamic develop between the two of them during this huge chase sequence. Uh, the way they play off each other, and uh, to your point, because we had mentioned this while watching the episode, I had said, I I want to say like within the first two minutes of the episode, I wish we could see some emotion from Ahsoka other than. Cool, calm, collected, and unbothered, for lack of a better word. Because if you, you know, watched Clone Wars and Rebels, you know that Ahsoka is more angsty, can tend to be a little more hot-headed. There's just a little bit more range. I understand that she's aged more by this point, so she's matured. But we finally got to see a little more emotions and reactions. You get to see a little bit more of her personality. Um, which I, I look forward to seeing that more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, the one scene I want to kind of talk about is um, the next scene actually with Harris and Dula aboard. Um, there's, there's, there's kind of a, a wide shot of the New Republic fleet. And mm-hmm. obviously the, it, it's got quite a, it's got an entire a squadron of A-wings. You got some Mon Calamari um, capital ships. You have a couple of frigates floating by. And then you kind of zoom in and Hera... Um, goes into a a teleconference, I guess you could call. A Zoom meeting. A Zoom meeting with some of the um, New Republic senators. So it's at this scene where it kind of zooms in and you find out that the former Senator Mon Mothma is now the Chancellor. Yes, she is. Big plot twist. Yeah, they, uh, there's like a little build up to it. They say, oh, the Chancellor, she is waiting for him. Like, oh, she... And sure enough, it's none of which the, I mean. Well, well top props, girl, girl power. Yeah, I forget uh, the actress's name who plays Mon Mothma, but uh, it's nice to see her getting her due because she had this entire arc. I think, as most of us know, that was cut out of Revenge of the Sith. A tragedy, really. But now between Rogue One, her whole arc in Andor, and now this, she is getting her. She had a critical plot. plot play in the entire rebellion sequence mm-hmm. and and it's kind of nice to see that kind of brought to fruition yeah um there is a nice little easter egg here um with Hera's son yes uh jason i believe his name is he only appears once uh in the rebels series finale uh as the child that she had with kanan um and yeah so it's kind of implied that you know he plays with chopper a lot and I have to be honest, though, his child actor is not doing him any favors. It just felt very... I want to be a Jedi, too. Mom! Mom! It it felt canned. Yeah. And um, I have to admit the acting on that that little sequence right there. And it was not long. It was 30 seconds. But it it did feel a little... I can't. I can't put the finger on the right word here. Forced. I don't know. I and I don't want to be too harsh because it's a literal child that is playing. But there are good child actors out there. There's a few. There's just a few. Step up. Um, Played a little bit. And it? honestly, I initially where he came on the screen, I thought it was a young Ezra Bridger. Right. He. I. 
Anyway, he, he's not what I envisioned a, a young Jason to be, but that's kind of a side point. You made an interesting point while we were watching it, though. Uh, Twi'leks and humans having children together. You know, in the original, and I, I, I hate to be <laughs> such an expert on scientific no, anatomy don't. when it comes to this, you, you know, but in the original um, expanded universe, um, Twi'leks and humans were not able to um, create little humans <laughs> are you allowed to say that i don't know are we gonna get canceled it was gonna happen at some point i mean at some point but in the original series and obviously you know with the with the um disney purchase they all of the expanded all the expanded books got canceled so it's interesting at seeing them continue this kind of um you know interspecies uh families you know, which is great. I mean, great, really. It's like, uh, you know, modern day, you know, family. This is, great. this is educational. It's modern family for the Star Wars universe. Um, but back to that scene with Hera. Anyway, so, her, so then it comes back. It was, it was a frustrating scene because these people, other than Mon Mothma, appear to just hate Hera for no reason. And they... One of them speaks up and he says, well, you only care about finding Thrawn because this is all about you wanting to find Ezra Bridger. And just for that, like, seemingly personal vendetta alone, uh, they turn down her idea of what it seems like something she should be talking about. It seems like a legitimate in- <laughs> investigation into and and the one uh, the one what's his uh, Xeno, Zine, I forget it. Something. It starts with an X. Okay. Um, so this guy, Zizoni, obviously, Zizoni, he yeah. gets, um, Hera gets prepped that, that he's going to be in the meeting. So obviously there's a little bit of history here. Mm. And he immediately starts shooting down her ideas, um, criticizing, criticizing the idea, uh, her, her initial investigation, um, some past experiences with Thrawn or Ezra, and thankfully, we get to see a little bit of Hera's attitude here. She comes back at him, not you know, not beating around the bush, just calling him out, like, "Hey, did you even serve during the uh, the you know empirical war?" war. Um, and he you know has has to admit that he didn't, uh, which was nice to see a little bit of tension. It, it, I I have to admit though, I didn't feel it though. Like you saw you saw the tension, you heard the dialogue, but it wasn't. Um, because it wasn't palpable. Because it's a trope. Because, and I've gone on another rant similar to this before. It's like in uh, a lot of uh, crime movies or, you know, mystery movies where they discover the dead body and it's disguised to look like a suicide even though it was murder. And the detective, he is the only one that has an inkling like, wait, I think this might have been murder, not suicide. And he brings it to his superiors and they always say... No, this is an open-shut case suicide. I don't want you looking any further into this case closed. He inevitably takes it on and looks into it, proving them wrong, yada, 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 because the plot requires it. I was getting a lot of those same vibes here, where they have to tell her that this is pointless. They have to say, don't waste your time on this, because inevitably, I'm sure we're going to see it in the next episode, she's going to go looking anyway, because... It's easy cookie cutter plot device. Which I, it, I hope I'm wrong, yeah. but we'll see. No, I, it, it's sad to see them create such one dimensional characters. And I understand you have to because it advances the plot and stuff. And I, I don't really want to touch on politics too much. <laughs> um, 
but it, it's kind of sad to see these these senators, these you know supposed leaders for the the people and and and, and the government that they're representing so shallow, um, and. They say, oh, well, we care for the people. And then they immediately shut down any investigation to protect mm-hmm. um, any suspicion. And I think that they talk about that a couple of times. Um, Hera talks about finding pro-loyal uh, empirical supporters in the uh, Karelian shipyards. Right. And the one lady, I don't know if her name was mentioned uh, specifically, but she's like, oh, yeah, we have, we have you know, former empire workers everywhere. You know, they, they, they're just outcasts. But they take outlaws. an oath, so that automatically means they're fine. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, you know, cross your fingers and the promise off, baby. Yeah, it's like the plot requires it. But I hope that doesn't turn into what I'm predicting it's going to turn into. Maybe they'll come around on their own. Um, but yeah, it was, and I was surprised. I doubt it. It wasn't consistent. going to have to fight them on it. I guess it was consistent with Mon Mothma's character a little bit because, uh, even in Rebels, Mon Mothma, she's known for speaking up, taking a stance, but she, uh, plays it cautious when, when need be. So I don't know. Uh, I'm sure Hera will get her own mission of some sort, but other than that, uh, anyway, so, so, so we need to get so that the next sequence. scene. So yeah. at the next sequence, uh, Hera actually calls up Ahsoka and Sabine and says, "Hey, look, you have to go on without me." To which Sabine kind of um, starts shouting. She's like, "What do you mean?" And Hera has to admit that the Senate didn't approve the mission for the entire fleet to be able to go with them to Setos. Um, um, as, but Ahsoka kind of takes it in stride. She says, "That's fine. We're gonna we're gonna head off." Mm-hmm. Um, so they go to investigate. There is a couple of interesting um, sequences here, where Hu Yang obviously, um, and they they keep hinting at it, which is so funny because Hu Yang is such a has such a strong personality, and and but obviously a lot of it's programmed from classic Jedi training Mm -hmm. and and the thousand years of, of the Jedi order in like the height of, um, in the, during the height of the Jedi orders, I don't want to say rule, but like presence. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's like, Hey, we're going to like stop off, you know, a couple, uh, you know, hundred thousand, you know, yards, whatever from the planet, you know, so that they don't see us coming. Mm -hmm. Um, but as any as any dog fight scene in a in a, in a sci fi show knows, you're not outside of radar. Like they're gonna see you, and it actually leads into this incredible dog fight sequence uh, between Ahsoka and uh, the other two Inquisitors. So it's I think it's the Inquisitors um, Shin and what was Merrick. That? Merrick. Yeah. Before that happened, I did appreciate the little uh, dialogue between Ahsoka and uh, Hu Yang where. He's talking about, you know, Sabine doesn't have what it takes. She doesn't qualify by any Jedi standards. And uh, Ahsoka argues with those standards. He says, well, they were proven over a millennium. And she says, yeah, and then they failed. I did. I love this little bit of dialogue here. It, it doesn't take long, but the between Hu Yang and Ahsoka, um, they kind of fight over Sabine. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka's like, Sabine can do it. And Hu Yang is like, man, she doesn't qualify. Yeah. She never has. She never will. And Ahsoka's like, so what? Yeah. And Hu Yang's like, oh, well, you know, according to Jedi, you know, protocols. 
Well, and he mentions that Ahsoka also comes from a long line of people who like didn't have the natural ability or something along those lines. And so that that confused me a little bit. I don't know if they'll explain more of that because we saw, like we were talking about last time, uh, Ahsoka's literal origin story. But maybe I just interpreted that incorrectly. But anyway, this dogfight sequence. I would honestly, I would like to go back and be able to s- and, and look at the dialogue there. And, yeah. Uh, you know, enable subtitles and actually see what they're saying. <laughs> um, so this sequence. Anyway, so the dogfight sequence. Um, so I think it's like 1VE6. So they have like six of the enemy fighters. Um, obviously, they have the two main inquisitors and then they have like four obviously throw away they're gonna be defeated like you know because they're masked and they speak in in weird alien talk um i do kind of want to talk about the ship designs here um because initially i thought the one or two um fighter we'll call them the fighter starships um they they look reminiscent of uh general grievous's um let me get this right the belbelev 22 the heavy fighter uh, similar kind of, you know, cockpit in the back, you know, large front section wings. Um, but the more the more the dogfight went on, I have to admit, they, and, and I don't know, I, I would like to hope that the designers kind of took inspiration, but they felt similar to the, the World War II Grumman Avenger, the TBF. Um, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful plane to begin with, a big old engine, um, but it has this big old stocky like body with these tiny little stubby wings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such such a distinctive look. And, and I, I would like to think that the, de- the designers kind of mirrored this for these ships because they just have such an iconic kind of look to them. Um, and there, there's a couple of scenes, uh, a couple of moments about this, this dogfight sequence I want to talk about. Um, first of all, there's a couple of moments where they just nail the ship. And obviously the shields, oh, yeah. are, they do really well. The shields are doing their job. There's a couple of shots where they just miss the bar completely. Um, and I think it, I, 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 I hate to say it again, but it just feels like plot advancement to give Ahsoka and Sabine enough time to kind of find their rhythm. In fighting off the attack. Which I did appreciate because we see visible emotion on Ahsoka's face uh, where she's realizing, wait, okay, I need to give Sabine a chance to see how she would handle this. And she says, Sabine, what do you need? Or like, what do you need from me? Uh, there was like an actual good pause moment of reflection. And, uh, you know, she's forced to show trust in Sabine in this moment. And so I actually did appreciate the dynamic and the way they bounced off each other here. Did everything happen conveniently once again? Absolutely. Agreed. Uh, need to get to that one moment in the uh, dogfight where Ahsoka goes outside. I'll describe oh, this is this is this. This is was kind of the only eye roll moment for me. I, you know but. it. Okay, I'll, I, okay, there's a lot of feelings here. There's, there's so a lot, many there's feelings. A lot of feelings here. Um, so the, the dogfight sequence goes on for quite a while, and they, they knock off all the little plebeian fighters, and it gets down to the, the, the two Inquisitors, and, oh yeah, so Hu Yang has to start running a scan on the Eye of Scion. And he says, no, no, I need more data, you have to get closer. 
So they keep flying the ship closer and closer until at some point Morgan gets upset right. and says, ready the turbo lasers and just, because obviously Shin failed. So now Ahsoka's piloting under a heavy barrage, um, trying to get as close to the Eye of Sion as possible until, you know, trying to make Hu Yang happy, mm-hmm. who I don't know if his computer's running on molasses, but they only finish the scan where they are literally inside the ring. Like, they are literally on top of the Eye of Zion, at which point they blast. Like, apparently the shields finally fail. And it, it was kind of that moment. It was, it was tropic, I would agree. But that moment where he's like, all right, the scan is done. And the final shot kind of blasts through the ship, and, and, and they lose power, they lose shields, they lose... Um, blasters and ahsoka turns to sabine and says can you get the system operational again Mm -hmm. and sabine's like yeah but i need time and ahsoka says sure i'll get it for you at which point she immediately shows up on the outside of the ship in a custom custom fitted custom tailored i mean it wasn't just a hack job It, it, it obviously she she had made this or or had it made for her um and she goes out mano y mano to these uh, to Shin and Merrick, lightsabers ablazing, deflecting, deflecting their lasers, which starfighter blaster cannons. Yeah, these are not. She's not deflecting like battle droids. These are not small arms. We're talking yeah. like like starfighter like heavy cannons. So I was like, and, those seem like really heavy to be deflecting. <laughs> And she was just swatting them away like flies. Just... Um, there were a couple of moments like where she jumped and leapt through space that I don't know if science would would fully agree with how the physics um, of, of space and gravity work. Okay, maybe she had anti-gravity boots. Great. Um, so after a sequence or two, she, she crashes one of the ships. Um, but she's, she's also floating there's at some point. There's so much... There's so much science here that we're just going to ignore. Well, the, she's the, like, it starts. It's fiction. Like, okay, for this like comical moment, like, hey, you're going to come get me. And again, because the plot requires it, I feel like Grace Vanderwall, that's all I can call her character. Uh, Shin is her real Shin. name, but uh, uh, she's, yeah. she's Grace Vanderwall. Um, she has. Can we just call her Grace? Grace. From here in. She has this clear. I feel like she would have an extremely clear shot to take Ahsoka out right then and there when she is literally floating, floating in, space. in space. Somehow never gets to her. Um, and I understand. Gets like, back in time just a minute. Your plane time. has to come about, but it's it's space. You can literally zero point turn. It's it's not a thing. Yeah. She could have roasted mm-hmm. Ahsoka in a second. Um, anyway, it, so Sabine at that moment gets the power back on. Um, I have to admit, I enjoyed that moment where Ahsoka's floating away. Because Star Wars, I feel like, is built on the little the little quips, especially in Clone Wars and Rebels. It's like the little jokes. That's on it, honestly, it's aimed at kids. It's those little moments. But let's admit it, the hum- you know, the adults yeah. like it too. Uh, it is humorous. So Sabine gets the ship operational again, she picks up Ahsoka. Um, and they obviously lose some form of hyperspace ability, so they, they fly down to the planet Cetos. Um, and they learn what was being constructed. And at which point Hu Yang powers up, because mm-hmm. his backup systems uh, took a while. 
Um, and they find out that what the Eye of Scion is, is it has six um, hyperspace engines um, and it's able to travel, you know, jump between galaxies with relative ease. Um, he makes a reference here that in the Jedi archives, um, this was a thing using hyperspace lanes uh, provided by the um, space squids known as the Purgle. Purgles, yeah. It is so... Oh, yeah. How do we skip that entire sequence? Flying down to get Okay, okay. Yeah. So that they're met with this surprise appearance by the Purgles, which they did tease in the season premiere of Mandalorian last year, season three. They did. And they uh, actually hinted at it in the last episode. I think we talked about that, too. Oh, in the previous episode of Ahsoka? And, yeah, we've... I believe on screen we've only ever seen them in Rebels. Uh, Ezra Bridger had this deep connection to them. That's how he used, uh, he kind of utilized them to escape along with Thrawn. Yeah, but this is the first live action we've seen them. Yeah, so that's yeah, up close, exciting. up close and personal. Did we see Ezra Bridger in this episode, people? No. Okay. I don't know. Okay. No. Um, I don't know. He is not. He is not Ezra Bridger. Okay. Merrick. Merrick. You yourself said that Merrick he has a voice module. Okay, the okay, only I one do, in that group did we okay. hear any of let's, them let's talk? Hmm? There were a couple of moments where where um, Shin talks to... Oh, sorry, Grace. Grace yes. talks to Merrick. Merrick. And Merrick has a, a strong voice emulator um, or synthesizer. And at this point, you, you know, the thing is you don't know. His voice is different. His He's masked. He's fully gloved. Like, Why is he taking off his mask when literally every other Inquisitor we've ever seen in the history of Star Wars has removed their helmet at some, some point? Some of them have masks. Yeah, but they remove them at some point. At some point. Okay, so we know that he's an important character. That we're An important character. They're the ones that want to reveal. Ezra. He might not be Ezra. I think you're just playing this for the kicks and giggles. I, I love think, it. I think you just have an idolized view of Ezra. You're hoping that he didn't go down this path. I'm telling you, he disappeared with Thrawn. Thrawn is a manipulative, evil man. Probably played okay. on Ezra's okay. negative traits. Okay. Do well, I have brought him to his cause? Did Maul actually get through to Ezra that maybe there's more power? A lot of the dark side. Yeah. Agreed. Ezra was not the most stable. Let's admit it. He was not the most stable of, of human beings, let alone of Jedi. Mm. Um, and and Kanan probably wasn't the best master for him. Blah blah blah. Um, I thought Kanan was great for him. Oh my god! I did. Different. It was a completely different episode. Okay, okay we'll okay, talk about yeah, this well, later. Huh. Um, anyway, they land yeah, on the planet, so they find out they were building this hyperspace, um... They land on the planet, they hide from, they shut down all power systems and stuff to be able to hide from, you know, scans. Um, at which point, um, Balin organizes a on-foot pursuit. So he assigns a couple of guys with blasters to start chasing them down through the woods. Um, and at this point, the credits, the credits roll. So you have now made it through, uh, Ahsoka episode three with us. I just thought it, they, he has like that one line in the whole episode, the Jedi are in hiding and they just linger on this shot of him staring off pensively for at least 30 seconds. And that's why I was, it was the closer something. scene. I was like, that's, it was the closer. I literally said, that's it when, when it ended. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It was uh, it was a, it was a good shot though. I mean, I love sure. the color of the trees. They're kind of it, nice and rosy. It was yeah. It was it was a great pose. It would. It yeah. was. Do you think he thought about that? He's like and um, hero pose I don't know. or villain. I guess villain pose. I don't 
you know, R.I.P. Ray Stevenson. Oh, actor. I am so I cannot. I, I said this to you. I know you did. I was you upset. Did? I'm like, why did he have to die? Um, dear Mr. Stevenson, I, I'm mad at you for leaving us. Why leaving did us she have to this die? Empty. Why couldn't hole. I save her? I know I could have. <laughs> Sorry, I have to. We have to bring him back. I'm sure, I mean, AI, they'll use... Oh, God. No, 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 no. Disney is shameless enough. Oh, are they? They've done it before, and they will do it again. I'm okay, but they did that with Carrie Fisher, but they had enough other footage. They did it with uh, Peter Cushing. Cushing. (laughs) Yeah, Peter Peter Cushing, right? Cushing. Who played Chewbacca? Uh, Peter Mayhew. Oh, you're the right. Like, yeah, yeah, he just passed away. Yeah, I think like within the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a sad day. So that was how this episode ended. What are your overall thoughts? Um, you know, I'm 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 still trying to connect them because I think there were a lot of good progressive scenes, and and that's kind of hard because the episode as a whole was not connected. Like, this was obviously progressing the plot line. Um, There was the scene of Sabine training. There was the scene of um, Hera trying to get the Senate approval and having to fight through the red tape of the New Republic. There was the scene of the dogfight. There was the scene of now being on this new planet. So I... I'm I'm a little conflicted because I feel like this entire episode was broken up not as an episode. It, it's not an episodic uh, journey, but it's it's more like a, a scene to scene. Yeah, it didn't gel as a whole. No, not really. They did try to focus on, as we have said before, character development. Thank God. Especially with Sabine and Ahsoka in particular. Uh, Ahsoka really took center stage here, so that was nice to see. Uh, because I did have concerns that this would turn into uh, another Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian Season 3, where the title characters are not really in the spotlight. Book of Boba Fett, I mean, this is an entirely different podcast, but I just want to say Book of Boba Fett, six episodes. Boba Fett himself doesn't have a line for two of those episodes, a third of his own series. Agreed. Mando Season 3, the majority of the focus was on Bo-Katan. Like, when they're saying The Mandalorian, that was basically referring to Bo-Katan. So I had concerns that something similar would happen with Ahsoka, that we would see, like, very little of her. But she's actually been... She's been... So far, she's been in every episode, Mm -hmm. and pretty front and center. Mm -hmm. Um, I will admit, most of the focus, I feel, has been on Sabine. Yes. Um, Which concerns me a little bit, because Mm -hmm. I don't want it to start doing that progression of, hey, the, the, the... titular character of Ahsoka is now, we're going to shift focus Sabine, yeah. to Sabine. I will say uh, Hera, absolute star of a supporting actress. She's doing great. Actress. She's doing great. I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised. Um, overall thoughts, I'm a little concerned about pacing because I believe there's only supposed to be Eight, eight episodes, episodes in the season, yeah. And we're three episodes in. We are almost halfway through. And it was extremely heavily advertised that we would be seeing Thrawn. We would be seeing Anakin. Nothing. Zilch. And I feel like they don't... I hope that the majority of this isn't spent just looking for Thrawn because that's going to be just dragged out. I'm waiting for Thrawn to be found so that the actual plot can really kick in. 
Um, if they don't show Thrawn or at least like one of the Anakin flashbacks or something by next episode, I'm gonna be like, all right, let's get this thing moving. Well, well and and I feel like we kind of saw this with Mandalorian is because there was no. There wasn't anything to work towards, which was kind of nice with the the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, is you had kind of an end goal to work toward, and you had to progress toward that storyline. Whereas with The Mandalorian, everything was kind of open. And they could have filler episodes, and Lord knows, they had a lot of filler episodes. With this, you kind of have the end goal of finding Thrawn, but what does that even include? Once you find him... Now what? Now what? Is he going to come back? Is he going to try to take charge of the Empire? Is this what has he been doing this whole time? Literally, we are stepping into an entirely new galaxy. He could be the Chancellor over that galaxy. Who knows? The multiverse is happening. The multiverse is happening, not only in, in Marvel, but in the Star Wars universe. Um, I'm trying not to make unfair comparisons, because this was all I could think about with this episode, and admittedly even the other two. The dialogue in Andor was so good. So unbelievably good. I can't pinpoint what made it so good. But I remember watching Andor and thinking to myself, man, how do people come up with this dialogue? Like this clearly required so much thought. It's not the style of dialogue that we see. Like every line felt like it had so much thought put into it. And Andor was so unique compared to the other Star Wars series that we've seen. And I know Dave Filoni wasn't really involved in Andor. So maybe that's one shortcoming. Um, Dave Filoni's dialogue, I feel like, is more geared toward the younger audience. Uh, A little more simplistic. Not as simplistic as George Lucas' dialogue. Dave Filoni's still great. But, uh... I hate sand. (laughs) It gets everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No offense, George. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Obviously, there, there's... And I, I used to take a bigger exception with this and being, you know, with the Clone Wars. There were a lot of moments that it was... It, it, or it, it actually, Rebels. It seemed too childish. Um, and I remember watching an interview with Dave Filoni, and he's like, you know, sometimes people criticize our, our cartoon for being too childish. And then he's like, think back to when you were growing up and you watched Star Wars. You were six, you were eight, you were 12. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the kind of humor that you're going to grow up with. And right. and and I, I love that Andor was kind of that more mature... Um, it didn't just have ac- action sequences for the kids to enjoy, but it had sophisticated and, and well-developed... Um, and I, I think really actually, like, in the Hollywood production value, you see the value of having good script writers Mm -hmm. which is um probably one of the more undervalued things that you 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 always get like emmy awards for you know graphics or music um for special effects and stuff but script writing is one of those things that it's kind of hard to put your finger on it and you're like no no that was good every scene of andor had this insane tension to it and watching andor i remember at the end of every every episode thinking to myself I'm not really quite sure what just happened, but I know that I have to see what happens next. I think it's going to be that, very difficult for any other show to come close to achieving that uh, same tension. But again, I said I didn't want to make unfair comparisons. Ahsoka's still doing a great job. 
Uh, it is, by all accounts, it is extremely entertaining. Um, I will be watching episode four. Of course. I'm also looking right now, Andor was nominated for an Emmy for an Emmy uh, for Outstanding Writing for a Drama Series. And the Emmys haven't happened yet, so we'll see if it wins. I, you have my vote. Yes. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, have to wait. we'll have to wait and see. I'm hoping that uh, the plot goes to the next level, starting with episode four. But even if it doesn't, of course, I'm still going to watch anyway and see what happens next. I will admit I'm, I'm a little confused about the pacing thus far. Um, but you gotta admit, even if they find Thrawn at episode 8, it gives them a reason to give us a season 2. Uh, yeah. I hate to be that guy, but you know what? They might. They might. They might. I don't know. I've had to learn to be patient this week. Also, can I talk about what happened to my cell phone while I went away last week? This is... You know, <laughs> We're talking about yeah. okay? This, this you know... Is- the, the name of the show is Let's Commiserate. So, I'm sorry. You know. This is, I went I went to Puerto Rico last week and... Oh, wow. It wasn't nice. Did you have fun? It was fun? so great. I was at the beach every day and I got tan and yeah. Anyway. Um, one of my buddies that I was with, we were at this really nice beach and he took his iPhone 14 underwater because everywhere, like you went under the water, we were seeing these insanely beautiful fish. There were a lot of dory fish. And um, so he was taking videos. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, what? Waterproof. You know, it's up to five meters or something like that. Uh, no. I was like, wait a second. I remember reading about that, about my iPhone 12. I was just so excited. Okay. So I went and I grabbed my phone. So this is everything that transpired is 100% my fault. So I took my iPhone. Don't get ahead of the story. Sorry. I, um, I took my iPhone and I took just several videos Completely submerged underwater, and I got a lot of good videos of these fish. And, you know, when I went back to shore, uh, my face ID was no longer working. It said, face ID is no longer available for this device. Please, like, learn more here. I was like, oh, that's weird. And uh, the only article I found said, maybe you're just not updated to the latest software. I was like, oh, that must be it. it oh, it's a software probably, issue. Probably has nothing to do with the fact the that I just took The ocean downgraded your software. Also, this was not just any salt water. This was the saltiest salt water I've ever <laughs> swim. Like, when we went swimming in this beach, all of us said, we were like, all I taste is salt right now. It was incredibly salty. Do you salty. remember which beach this is? Uh, this was at Mar Chiquita. But this was every beach we went to in Puerto Rico. The water was incredible. I will have to admit, I went to Puerto Rico a couple of years ago, and the beaches are fantastic. They are insanely beautiful. Just the water is very salty. The people are friendly. The food is delicious. Delicious. I uh, had a pina colada. And the water is just in, so in my, in my hand at all times. The water is blue, 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 like you see it online. Um, but my phone was still functioning fine for quite a few hours after that. And then... That's actually impressive. Yes! Uh, my face ID just wasn't working. Um, and then my battery ran out. And once my battery ran out, it just would not turn back on again. Uh, a couple times, like, my screen turned on, but it was all green, like, flashing green. I was like, oh, that seems a little weird. Oh, and, that's definitely bad. Thanks. Yeah. On a scale just, of 1 to 10, that is very bad. It, like, made, like, when I tried plugging it in, it even made, like, a couple, like, beeping sounds. Like, <laughs> Like, th- yeah, it was, it was alarming. But, um, so I tried everything. I put, I put it in rice for God knows how long. Uh, 
it was also just covered in sand in every nook and cranny of it. So I finally had to surrender. And good thing is I qualified for an upgrade anyway. I was able to upgrade to a new phone for 25 cents. And uh, that came in the mail today. I'm still getting it up and running. But all I could think was, because it was like just covered in sand as well, all I could think was George Lucas's good old trusty dialogue. I don't like sand. <laughs> I hate it. I, it gets I everywhere. It gets and, everywhere. And I have to, I, I'm just going to jump in here real, real fun because um, as a side hobby, I like to replace screens on broken mm-hmm. phones just, you know, for the kicks. Um, and I took, when I took your phone apart, there was sand. <laughs> There was sand literally everywhere. Literally? Everywhere. There was, a, like, as, as I slowly disassembled the screen and took out the battery and, and some of the, the cabling and stuff, there was salt residue everywhere. Yeah. Literally on every edge. I, and I, 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 I think it was your SIM card. Oh, really? I think it was the SIM card port. Somehow the, the rubber, um, the gasket there must have failed. Because that seemed to be kind of the entry point. But... Well, the great thing was uh, my friend who took his iPhone 14 uh, in the water, his phone, perfectly fine. Mine, my, my you know, trashy iPhone 12 oh, couldn't, couldn't survive. It's fine. But that... The moral of the story is get the upgrade. I get was the down upgrade. there. I was yeah. down there for five or six days, and that happened on day two. Oof. So I didn't have a phone the rest of the trip. So I was like, it's fine. Um, I'm, it forces me to live in the moment a little bit. And it kind of gave me a good excuse to talk down to the rest of my group that was there because we saw this gorgeous sunset the next day and they all immediately pulled out their phones. So I got to be the one that was like, I don't need pictures to appreciate this. I can live in the moment, unlike you pathetic people. Can you send me these pictures later when you're done? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I hate you, but that's, that's, that's definitely on the list of reasons why. I welcome yeah. you. Anyway, sorry. I needed to get that out of my system. Anyway, no. Hey, this is, that's why we're here. Uh, you know, we're here to commiserate. So thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you all for listening. Episode three of Commiserating. And we will... Tune back in next week for Ahsoka episode four and whatever things we need to commiserate about that week. I'm excited to see this manhunt with Ahsoka and Sabine and uh, Hu Yang. Yeah, I, I, I like what we got so far and hopefully it just continues to uh, get better. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.